Hello, it's Jared from Transform Your Teaching. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We have had an absolute blast putting it together for you. We hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. We have a survey that we'd like you to fill out for us to help us to improve because we want to serve you and hearing from you will help us improve the podcast to serve you better. Just follow the link in our description and in the show notes. It won't take you long to do and we really do value your feedback. So please fill it out for us. Thanks in advance and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome to Transform Your Teaching. My name is Jared Piles and with me is Dr. Rob McDowell, we are on the campus of Cedarville University. We work the Center for Teaching and Learning on that campus in Cedarville, Ohio. As we record this, it is April. However, it is sleeting outside. Yes, it is. Which I don't understand, but we're going to roll with it because if there's one thing that's true about Ohio, it's that the weather is never right. And it so will change. It will change. By Maybe. the time we're done recording this, it'll be 85. One can only hope. Hopefully, yeah. We are continuing our series that we are calling the What, Why, and How of Technology Integration. In our last episode, we set the stage. We are going to continue this series by asking the question, what is technology integration? So, Dr. Rob McDowell, whenever you're ready, the floor is yours. I'd like to start with the definition of technology to begin with. Merriam-Webster defines it four different ways. The practical application of knowledge, especially in particular area. Capability given by the practical application of knowledge. Number three, a manner of accomplishing a task, especially using technical processes, methods, or knowledge. And finally, the specialized aspects of a particular field of endeavor. When you look at all of that, it kind of puts together an understanding that it's the practical application of knowledge in some field. That could actually be a tool that we use, but it could also be a process. When you and I were talking about technological integration, I think we mean more things that are electronic or online, or I think we also are including learning processes, skills, and things that may may not be involved or may not involve uh, electronics. Yeah, I, I would say that's a good definition, and it's super broad. So I think what we're going to attempt to do before we get into the basics of integration is draw a box around the area that we want to focus on. We want to put up a border around and say, this is specifically what we're talking about. So I would say, like, I think a lot especially when we talk about technology integration education, the immediate assumption would be computer-based or internet-based or e-learning softwares or tools that could be used in the classroom, but maybe also outside of the classroom. But I think, like you said, it's important to also consider the processes involved because when we get to the how part of this series, not to spoil too much, there's a process involved. You can't just throw 
Chromebooks at kids and say, learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's an, a practical process that I think is involved with technology as well, which you would say is a technology in and of itself. Yeah, I would also argue probably that the classroom, as we understand it, is also a technology. And it pretty much birthed out of the medieval period when books were feather, fairly scarce and, you know, someone would stand up and lecture and deliver that content. News heralds would do the same thing with news. They would take news to different cities, maybe, in a country. I think there was a movie recently that Tom Hanks pretty much kind of exemplified that. I think it was, was it like, News from the World? Yeah, News from the World. I'm getting a thumbs up from folks through yeah, this. I, the, the only thing that's in my head is Castaway was on TV last night. <laughs> so all I'm thinking of is Tom Hanks and Castaway and yelling, Wilson! <laughs> the whole time, so. Well, well, my... I guess my point is not so much the the Wilson, but the um, the fact that you know using uh, heralds, using classrooms are technologies. Uh, some technologies have gone out of vogue. Our first series we talked about Alfred. Who were we talking? Doctor Mac. Yeah, that's right, Doctor Mac. We were talking, and I remember us referencing the rolling acetate. Uh-huh. Film with the overhead projector, that oh, yeah. type of, you know, what some might call a dumb technology. Um, nowadays, we, we call everything smart. I'm not sure what makes it smart. But anyway, when we talk about technology integration, it seems like we're actually talking about integrating different technologies together, depending on where we're at, what the needs of our audience are, because some faculty have flipped their classrooms. Yep. Right. And so they're already using certain technologies. So how do you blend those together, specifically a face-to-face technology with an asynchronous or an electronic-mediated technology via the Internet or video, those kinds of media? So Let's talk about practically how it's used first before we go into really effective technology or go anything real deeper with it. I've categorized it a bit as something doing before, during, and after your instruction before I see it as doing things like integrating technology into how you message and communicate with your students. Also in the planning process as an instructor, that's preparing your tools, preparing the handouts or slide deck, whatever it is you have going on, videos for your instruction. And so that's the before. The during could be any of those presentation tools. It could also be, I think a lot of people think about technology integration, at least for me anyway, it's always the before and after, but my in-class instruction doesn't really change. It always stays the same. But I think there's a chance to bring in technology more into the instruction besides just doing a slide deck. Or um, you could do things like talking about student discussion or collaboration, um, clickers, you know, it's an example right, like voting clickers, or voting asking some, questions with, with anonymous responses. So stuff like that. There's a lot of technology integration pieces that you can use to do polling and, and such like that. Or in-class assessments. You mm-hmm. can pull in tools for that as well. What do you think about those before we go to the after? What well, are your thoughts? I, I, I totally agree. Um, before, you could do pre, pre-test and post-test, uh, if, if I can use those terms. Yeah. Um, you know, before the content, after, see what's changed, 
may not have to be for a grade, but, you know, it most certainly could be. Um, student discussion, I could definitely think collaboration. Um, using tools like Flipgrid or Flip, I think is what it's called now. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Teams for, you know, interaction if you're not all in in one area, but, you know, you do want to have a synchronous meeting of some sort. And, and that during could actually be during a particular topic week. Yeah. You know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be during a, a singular class session. Yeah, I did build this list based off of in-class face-to-face instruction. Okay. So I'll keep that in mind as well. Because so. that that's still the majority of, of what we do here at Cedarville. Right. And I guess the after, even though you didn't ask me about it. Well, but... let, let me give the list first and then you can okay. run all over it. So assessments, right? Collaboration. I think that's a huge one especially with technology tools. It used to be, and I talked about this in the previous episode, collaborating for me meant we had to all get together and talk. While that is good collaboration, you can almost replicate that entirely now with technology tools. And you can be in the comfort of your dorm room and still collaborate just as well as I could back in 2000. I think there's also opportunity for reflection both as an instructor and for the students um, using technology and also any kind of video discussion like you talked about Flipgrid, or sorry, Flip, I'm I'm doing it too, Flip uh, or audio discussion or any of the tools that are available in your LMS. You know, we use Canvas here, but any kind of LMS, any of those tools that exist to help after you have the in-class instruction. No, I don't have anything to add. Oh, good, thanks. So if we're talking about technology, we've got that definition. We've kind of drawn a border around what we're talking about. The usage of electronics inside of the classroom, but also the processes involved with using those electronics. Yeah. And um, I say electronics, it sounds so 80s. It Maybe does. When, and also when you say electronics, are you ever in the classroom? Are you intending just the face-to-face classroom or are you intending... The online. Let's say classroom is nebulous because ever since COVID, the classroom has been nebulous. Mm. So I would say that the the four walls that did exist before COVID no longer exist. I think before that, there were definitely some pockets of educators that are, were already there, mm-hmm. including synchronous and asynchronous elements into their classrooms. Mm-hmm. But COVID really did wipe that out entirely, in my opinion. Now we talk about technology integration, and we have used, again, technology integration, ChatGPT, we've brought it alongside and it's generated this list for us. And I I asked it first to define technology integration. And it says that technology integration refers to the seamless incorporation of various technological tools, resources, and strategies. There's your Um, not just the tool, but the resource and strategy into different aspects of teaching, learning, and assessment in educational settings. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. You really have a hard time saying anything more than that. So, you know, at the risk of AI taking center stage here, I think it's a good place to start, though. Man, when I looked at the list, uh, did it also generate those? Yeah, I was going to say, you say you don't want it to take center stage, but I'm putting it right back up on yeah, center stage. There it is. Because I also asked ChatGPT to give me some effective technology integration uh, practices, and it gave me five of them, and we're going to talk about them a bit here in our episode. Um, here's the first one. 
Well, I should start with how it started. Effective technology integration involves, number one, selecting appropriate tools. Teachers should identify and choose the most suitable technologies that align with their teaching goals, curriculum, and students' needs. There's a lot right there. Yeah. I mean, there really is. Forget two through five. Let's just stick with... (laughs) I mean, there is a lot in there. Yeah. Well, an appropriate... I mean, I just think of the word appropriate. Appropriate to what? I mean, obviously, it gives us the fact that teachers should be the ones identifying and choosing. And I don't disagree with that. Uh, But, you know, what it doesn't discuss, and maybe what we can discuss a little bit, what we did in a previous is, you know, what's your philosophy? Because your philosophy of education is going to dictate where you go from here. So if your philosophy is one of, we have to be like right across from one another in order for education to transpire, then that's going to dictate a lot about what technologies, if, if at all, that you use. Well, this also tells me that there's a lot of work that needs to be done before you can even pick the tool that you're going to use, before you can even select the appropriate tool. You can't just drop in and say, well, we're going to use this because it's going to work without any sort of background knowledge of your students, your curriculum, and the goals. So if we're bringing in teaching models like TPAC or something like that, where you have to know you're teaching your content, your technology, and your pedagogy. You've got to know those things before you can even go into it. So you can't just pick a tool because it's neat and it's new and it's cool and you saw the teacher down the hall or the teacher in your department use it. You have to have background information and you have to establish ahead of time, these are the tools that I need to use because they fit my students' needs, because they'll fit organically into my curriculum, because they'll meet my goals. I, I, I would tend to agree with you, except I'm going to throw a little bit of water on the fire there. Honestly, I think most faculty, especially if they're really overloaded, are going to choose that which is practical. And if they see something that, say, another teacher does down the, down the hall, as you said, don't think they're going to think through all those other things. I agree. I think they're going to see something and they're like, oh, this solves a big problem for me. Mm. Maybe it is the amount of time that it takes them to grade or the assignment or assessment that they have just doesn't live up to what they want and they saw something that another faculty member did and it made complete sense at the time and they go ahead and try to they go ahead and try to implement it. Now, the results of that might not be so great, right? Because of those things that you said is that there might be those hidden gotchas because of something else that they've done in their in their course design that doesn't lend itself to that particular process or technology. I think as we talk about technology and selecting appropriate. I think you're exactly right. Hopefully one of the things we can do is provide maybe some mental models of things that, or find them, things that might help faculty quickly ascertain whether this is even worth their time. Yeah, I agree. Number two, effective technology integration involves enhancing teaching and learning. Technology should be used to enrich the educational experience, facilitate communication, and support diverse learning styles. It kind of fits with number one. Well, it becomes painfully evident when someone uses PowerPoint uh, as a replacement for what used to be a big, thick notebook of notes, and they just take the notes and then they just put them 
like as much as they can on each slide and then say, hey, here you go, or they just read through them, you know, in their class. And I think, I think everyone, hopefully here at Cedarville would all agree. I think, you know, if I'd said something like that, like, no, that's not a good thing to do. But yet it's still like one of those tools that gets used an awful lot to probably cover a lot of different areas that it's really not intended to. It becomes a tool of, again, it saved me time. Right, yeah. It, or to it, save the students money. Yeah. Because they didn't have to pay for, you know, a printout, but then they go and they take it and they try to print it out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and and cost of ink skyrockets on campus. Yeah. Like you said, it, it all depends on where you start. I mean, is it to really enrich the educational experience or is it just a solution to... I mean, there, there's no, and there's nothing wrong. I should, I should, there is technology that exists that I think will enhance the teacher's experience when it comes to grading and when it comes to planning and everything else. We're not saying you shouldn't use those because they do help the students out in the long run. Like rubrics, please. Yes, yeah, like rubrics, for example. Please and, use rubrics. And holistic rubrics and building them with your classes, you know, stuff like that. But when we talk about, you know, starting with a technology that just solves a problem, but it doesn't align with the goals and curriculum of, of your instruction. And I think that's important to consider as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's pick one more of these. How about developing digital literacy? Students should be taught how to use technology responsibly, ethically, and safely, while also learning to critically evaluate digital resources. Oh, yeah. And you and I have had an ongoing conversation about this particular area. Yes, we have. Because I think, I, and if, if I'm wrong in this and I characterize what your understanding was uh, improperly, please correct it. From my understanding and conversation with you is that at one point, you tended to think that students knew what they were doing or that they were much more digitally literate than maybe I was willing to say they were. And I think through our conversation, we've kind of come to maybe an agreement. It depends on what you're going to say next, well, whether I agree that, or disagree with that, it. That maybe students aren't as wise with their use of tools. Not only wise with their use of tools, but they even really know how to use some of them. Because I think sometimes we assume that. I know, for me, I think, oh, students know how to use Canvas well. Uh, we've given them all the tools. they got support. They're digital natives. I think that's the big one. Yeah. The big we talked term. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think based on, and this is anecdotal, but based on some of the data that I've seen personally, that I would say they're not as well-versed in it as we think. See, that's where I disagree with you. I think they come in with an understanding of what digital literacy is because I think it's become more commonplace in high school curriculum to talk about the digital footprint. Like, what are you leaving behind? Like, what are your tweets going to say about you, for example? What are you leaving behind mm-hmm. online when, when, when you die or whatever it is? What is your digital footprint? So I think they come in with at least an understanding of what to do, how to use it. And I think, again, this is all anecdotal. This is all an assumption. 
I think they know what they're doing, and I think they also know how to use it ethically, but I think they're choosing not to. Oh, that's a big statement. And, I, and then again, this is a huge jump. That means yeah. This is a huge anecdotal assumption here. Yeah. But I think they have an understanding of how to use it ethically and responsibly, but I think some are choosing not to do so. Well, that could be an entire series on it, all in of its own, because we've definitely seen where students are making choices. I mean, let's just be honest. We've had feedback from faculty where they've got people using ChatGPT to write papers. Thankfully, it's not huge. Right. But I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm sure there's probably more of that going on than we know. There's what we know, and then there's what we don't know. That begs the question what you said. You think they're, they know that it's not right, but they're doing it anyway. I think so. And I hate to say that, but I think it's, and then we, I think it's important to recognize it, and I think it's important to get it out, shine a huge spotlight on it, so then we can talk about how to, because then it, what I like about this, what Chad GBG generates is that learning to critically evaluate, so then they know the tool exists, they know how to use it ethically or unethically, but then it's promoting that, using it ethically and using it correctly and responsibly. I think that's that's become more of a focus because it's, we can't just ignore that things like chat GPT exist. We have to confront it, bring it in as part of the conversation and say, this exists, here's how you use it correctly and ethically and responsibly. Well, and I think not just how, but why. Yeah. What, why, and the how. Oh just, my goodness. Next time we are going to talk about the why. That's our plan for our next episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.